0: Now, let's get to the heart of the matter. Hello, friend. Hello there. This is Kate, and I'm so glad you found yourself today listening to the Heart of Dating podcast. Hello. Now today, I am super pumped because you get to hear from the incredible, both talented and hilarious Dave Barnes. Y'all, he really and truly is the man. And we get right into it, into all things dating and his story with his now wife, Annie. Oh my gosh, it's so much fun. But before I tell you more about him and our conversation, let me just make a few announcements. I have two invitations for you today. The first one is to join our private Facebook community. We've had such incredible conversations on there. Oh my gosh. We talk openly and honestly about all the dating struggles and we provide advice and input and encourage one another. It is glorious. So go ahead and visit facebook.com forward slash heart of dating and request to join. Now there are just a few questions to answer in order for you to join. And then there you go. Voila. Now here is the catch. I also want to encourage you to like our actual heart of dating Facebook page as well. Okay, don't just ask to join the group, but don't like our Facebook page. No, also like our Facebook page. That would be awesome. The second invitation is to come join our family over on Instagram at At Heart of Dating. We share new insight, tips, and encouragement just about every day, and we really and truly love connecting with y'all over there. Okay, friends, now let's get back to our episode today with Dave Barnes. If y'all have not had the pleasure of knowing who Dave is, let me just tell you a little bit about him. And I'm pretty confident that after today, you're going to want to be his friend. So Dave Barnes is a respected Nashville artist and songwriter who received Grammy and CMA nominations for Blake Shelton's recording of his hit song, God Gave Me You. Barnes has also penned songs for Tim McGraw, Carrie Underwood, Reba McIntyre, Billy Currington, Hunter Hayes, Matt Words, Ben Rector, and so many others. He has toured extensively over the last 15 years as a headlining artist, and he's also open for people like T. Swift, John Mayer, Lady Antebellum, Hanson, OneRepublic, and others. Hello. Dave is also well known for his brand of humor, having sold out several stand up comedy shows throughout the Southeast. Y'all, he is really and truly super funny. And many of his comedic videos are posted to his YouTube channel as well. So, y'all better go and check that out too. What is so funny about this conversation is that I originally thought we were just going to fully laugh and poke fun at Christian dating and how awkward and weird it is. But instead, Dave actually totally shocked me by just bringing such rich wisdom. Not that he can't be wise by any means, but needless to say, it was an amazingly pleasant surprise and was such a rich conversation. This is one of those interviews where we covered a ton of ground. So get ready for some dating A to Z featuring the fantastic, uber talented, hilarious, and totally wise Dave Barnes. Okay, Dave Barnes. This is gonna be so much fun. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I'm so excited,
1: yeah, thanks for having me
0: This is are you ready, Dave, to talk about dating? <laughs>
1: uh you know what it's so i am actually excited about this because i I don't get to talk about this anymore like once I feel like once you've been married, especially for Annie and I've been married for almost thirteen years, you sort of get put out to pasture. <laughs>
0: you're like they're the old married couples now. we don't they're just out there in the yeah. field. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I'm just hoping my dentures don't pop out in the middle of the podcast.
0: <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. No judgment at all. If that happens, you need a second. I get it. You're an old grandpa now, Thank old you. married grandpa.
1: <laughs> Thank you.
0: You know, but we like to seek some advice from the older, wiser, married people and also kind of poke fun at the dating process because it's kind of like it's a hard thing. Being a Christian and dating, we always say, is just Dave, it is a hard time out here for us yeah. these days. Yep. It really is. Um, and so, anyway, I'm really excited. This is the first time we are officially meeting in real life. Well, not real life. This is over the computer, but it's a really great to officially make your acquaintance.
1: <laughs> yes, yeah, same to you.
0: <laughs> so, okay, I just, if for anyone who like doesn't know you super well, can you just tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, what your passion is, and all of that?
1: I, le- I wear a lot of hats. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a hat wearer. Um, <laughs> I like am. Hats. And songwriter. I'm a runner. I'm a dancer. No, I uh <laughs> I'm mainly an artist. So I, I you know, I play shows and make albums and um but then I also write for other people a lot here in Nashville and um and then uh I just started doing stand up a couple of years ago, so which fine. is terrifying and awesome. Yeah, so <laughs> I so I I like I like to do that. I like having a lot of things kinda of going on. It keeps me interested and um, I'm like you know, I'm kinda li I'm I'm basically like a kitten with a laser. Life is just lasers are shooting everywhere. And I'm like running around trying to catch them all. That's basically my life in a nutshell.
0: Okay. So you must, you are definitely a seven on the Enneagram then if you're like, as much
1: as you can be as much as you.
0: (laughs) Yes. You are the fun person. I love sevens. I have so many seven friends in my life. Anyone who doesn't know what we're talking about, we are talking about the Enneagram, which I have talked about before, but, um, sevens are the life of the party. They're so much fun. You need sevens in your life.
1: (laughs) we need to deal we need to have more than fun you know we we gotta yeah. we gotta i'm just you know i'm like no no anything hard i'll see you later hey
0: <laughs> you're like and peace out bye y'all yeah let's go throw the deuce and I'm you out. can have the serious convo and then uh tune into me later when we're gonna go have out and have the fun times. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: that's right you
0: can all do that and then i'll catch up with you later
1: <laughs> yeah that's right that's exactly right
0: Okay. So let's just dive into it then. So dating, like as we're talking about Christian dating, you know what? It can be excruciating. And, you know, well, dating in general can be excruciating than adding being a Christian when we don't really have any guidelines for dating. It can be that much more of a mess or just really complicated. So I know that you're known for bringing a smile to people's face. And I just kind of want to dive into both your story with your wife and even some funny things about dating. So I guess you would just start us off by maybe telling us a little bit about How'd you meet your wife, Annie?
1: Yeah. What was yeah, that process um, like?
0: Did you woo her at all?
1: <laughs> oh, oh, did I woo her? Um, <laughs> she would be rolling. I can feel her <laughs> rolling yeah. right now. Just I can feel. Um, you know, our story is is really interesting. I, so I I was not like a um, a big dater. Um, I just I think for me I was really blessed um, to have really good community, and I. Had re- I And a lot of my guy friends then are still my really close guy friends now. And truthfully, I was kind of the guy, and this is probably some of my personality, but I just, I hated missing out on what was happening. And if Mm. the, if there wasn't someone that I really felt like justified me missing, hanging out with my guy friends, then I just didn't ask them out, you know? And so, um, and so I just, I don't know. I I was now granted this is in my twenties too, and that's such a different season of life than, you know, I'm 40 now. So it's you know like we actually had two of our dear friends over uh two nights to go for dinner and we actually were both single in in our age and it was really fascinating sort of hearing them talk more about the sort of struggles of being in your 30s dating because it's right. so wildly different so i'm not trying to equate that as the same but in that season of life you know um because I got married when I was 27, you know, mm-hmm. I, I really enjoyed my 20s and I really enjoyed my freedom uh, and yeah. the autonomy of that. And so I was really careful about who I sort of let in uh, romantically because I just kind of felt like um they needed to really justify the time away from what I really got so much life from. Um, And so, you know, I, w- I would go on dates intermittently. Um, that was also when I was starting my music career. So that was kind of tricky because you know a lot of my material is kind of love songs and um see <laughs> so, you know i i didn't want to be the guy that was like winking at girls in the crowd you know like Ooh, hi, oh hi hello you know? <laughs> yeah yeah so, Every so i really dream, to be,
0: though yeah to be winked at by well, the main I, musician by but,
1: some <gasps> guy yeah so so i was really i was really blessed cuz the the guys that I sort of ran r- around with and played shows with all were like me committed to not do that and thankfully none of us really ever did and um you know, take advantage of that or to be the guy that's kind of like sketchy hanging out after the show, trying to get somebody's number or something. So, um, it just really, all I'd say, it just wasn't really on my radar for a long time. Like I, you know, I would meet girls that I would be interested in, but I think either, you know, it just didn't feel like a real match or, um, whatever. And oddly enough, and you hear this a million times and I'm sure on this podcast, you've heard it, uh, a lot, but, I really had gotten to that season in my life where I was like, tired of trying this and I'm gonna I'm just I am good to roll by myself for a while. And true and, and it made it easy because a lot of my I I was pretty much the first of my friends to get married. Oh wow, yeah. So that's easy when all of your friends are still, you know, rolling slow. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah, and so for me it was kind of uh it, it was it, when I met Annie, I'd known her, I'd met her in Mississippi. She's she's from close to where I'm from. And so we had met um uh three or four years before I saw her again, uh, in Nashville, she had come to an old Miss football game mm-hmm. where she went to college. Um, and I was just like, she was in the foyer of the church. It was like something out of the new Testament. I felt like it was just like, you know, there was this light that fell down on her. And I was like, that's the prettiest girl I've ever seen in my life. And she turned, she's like, Dave. And I was like, thank you, Lord. And while we're here talking, <laughs> Jesus, can you please bring her heart to mine? And at some point, uh, let us be forever together. The and heavens so, opened um, and
0: the, the clouds were the yeah, like, I heard oh. dreams,
1: <laughs> you know, and so, um, <laughs> so she was exactly and still is what I needed because um, she mm-hmm. just wanted to have nothing to do with me, insincerely, not like playing hard to get, not trying to be coy. She was just really, she was a senior in college at the time. I'd graduated a couple years before then. Um, she was finishing um, school. She was about to go into her last two years of pharmacy school and rotations and stuff. She's a pharmacist and it just wasn't, was like not interested. And so long story short, I, she came to a show with some of her friends. Cause I had played near Ole Miss with, with a bunch of my friends we were on this little tour, kind of a songwriter in the round tour where a bunch of us just sat up mm-hmm. at the same time. And she came to the show and I made a promise to my brother who also knew her um, that if I ever saw her again, I was going to ask her out. And so there was nobody at the show in Memphis. And I mean, literally, I think it was like the bartender and us on stage. And maybe one of the person's moms came, you know. But anyway, so she came and and I saw her and I just lined after the show to talk to her and asked her out. And she was very like, you know, sort of like, really? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'd love to take it. She's like, well, I'm moving back to Jackson and you live in Nashville. I was like, I don't care. I'll drive down. She was like, oh, um, well, okay. (laughs) And of course, caveman Dave, I was like, yes, you know, and not reading any social cues that she's like wearing her eyes and or trying to get out of the conversation. But it was really (laughs) interesting because, um, you know, she she, sort of your point, honestly, about the Enneagram stuff. She, she had known me in one context, which was like Mm. really big, funny kind of life of the party, crazy, you know, had all these voices and characters and stuff. So I think she had just really written me off. I think she was like, you know, he's an idiot. Mm-hmm. Which is true. That's not true. But <laughs> oddly enough, I gave her a CD. I gave her and her three friends that came with her or two friends that came with her CDs because I was like, anything I can do to help myself. And um her sister won, like they, she got in the car with her with her sister and uh friend and said, Can you believe Dave just asked me out? And Laura, her sister said, Ann, I think you should pay attention to this because I I think mm. he's He's a great guy, and she was like, "You're crazy," but she said all that to say listening to the CD. I think really actually uh, <laughs> helped her see a different side of me. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like she was like, "Oh my gosh, he's got like things to say, and there's some depth there." Mm-hmm. Um, and then, kind of a couple months later, um, we went out a couple more times, and it was basically like um, on like Donkey Kong because I think she sort of <laughs> turned the corner, you know, and saw like, "Oh, there's depth, and you have something to say, and he's not just like." you know, uh, this kind of, uh, village idiot, you know, whatever. So
0: (laughs) caveman, um, as you put it, um,
1: caveman. Yes. Caveman. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Okay. But, okay. Well, one thing I love that you just said is that you, you really did an intentional pursuit because you were like, no, I will drive down to you. I will drive. I will take you out. This is going to happen. Oh yeah. I actually really love that because I've had a lot of conversations with people. You know, I said, do you do anything to woo her? But actually that is, you know, that's a really big statement of, showing intentionality which we actually are missing a lot well, of think, these days.
1: You know and, and and you know this really well again from from doing this podcast but you know the gender thing is really tricky these days because mm. I think a lot of people don't like to don't like to say who should pursue or but but I just don't I I, I really believe sort of the traditional biblical mm-hmm. idea that the man is the we are equals Women and men are equals. That's not what I'm saying. But the way we're made and the way that we're made to interact is very different. And yeah. I think something that I really feel like guys need is a sense of, of pursuit, we, you know, mm-hmm. because you need to feel like you're, you're having to exert yourself. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, the, the, so the struggle for a man that I can relate to is that is that feeling of putting yourself out there? Is she going to respond? Does she care? Uh, and I think the, the struggle for a woman is the opposite is to know how to guard yourself and to be careful so that he can pursue and to let enough information and availability sort of come out in an, in, in the right order. Yeah. Um, in the right time so that he continues to be, you know, it's a really weird dance that both of you ha- yeah, I think no, have.
0: Yeah, and I, And there's not one set way to do it, but I do think that what I love is just like your intention of doing that. Like I do think that, There is something – and women can, like I always say, drop the hanky, make hints. Like if you want to talk to a guy or ask him to copy, that's totally fine. Women can do that too. But I do think that there's something beautiful about the actual pursuit and being clear with your intentions of like, no, I'm interested in you. And I want to see if we could take this further romantically, potentially. And it's not like you're committing to them for marriage, you know, like right there on the spot. Right. But you're showing that intentionality. I was just talking with someone like before um, we got on here about that. Actually, a guy of just you know, I'm. It's sad in ways that we've lost the sense of wooing someone in a way, and on both ends, you know. But that sense of pursuit from the beginning. People just want to feel it out and be like, uh, yeah, well, I'm just going to watch from afar and be their friend and like see how it is. I'm not going to ask on a date because it's too much pressure. And like, no. But we actually sometimes have to ask people out.
1: <laughs> well, you know, the thing is, life is full of pressure. Yeah. Marriage is full of pressure. But I think to think that we can escape feeling some sense of responsibility is the opposite of how life goes. Yeah. So at some point, you have to be able to enunciate what your intentions are to then i think especially the guy to say like and I, and I see this in so many of our single girlfriends is they just get so frustrated because the guy there's no clue what he's doing yeah. you know it's like he it's like whack-a-mole like he pops up a week and then he takes her out and then he's gone for two weeks and he pops up again and there's just no conversation <laughs> about, oh my gosh it's so you know, true <laughs> you know i just think especially guys have to be um there's got to, and it's again, you're right. It's not like this first, second, fifth date, 20th date means you're going to get married. But I think some sense of leadership. Uh, I do think that's what a guy's got to be really clear on is you, hopefully you're giving some leadership to the relationship, whatever form it's in. Mm-hmm. And I think um, that takes risk and it takes, um, you know, a sense of responsibility and going, you know, uh, I don't know where this is going to go, but I do know for right now. I enjoy spending time with you. I want to keep spending time with you. And here's kind of what I'm thinking. And yeah. I think, you know, and Annie would tell you, thankfully, that's something she really appreciated me doing, is that I was always I always tried to be very clear on what my intentions were and where yes. I was emotionally and you know, um, sometimes too much, you know, to your point. I had to learn a lot of discipline about knowing what not to say too, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, but that's good. You know, and-
0: men need to be vulnerable and be able to admit like where they're at. I just was talking about this with someone too, as well. I mean, I guess I have all these conversations all the time, but that we have to, it has to be an equal vulnerability and, you know, a revealing on both ends, but communicating clarity as much as possible. Sometimes over communicating, yeah, sometimes it could be too much and cause too much pressure. But my general emphasis is to try to over-communicate in ways just for the sake of being on the same page. Because otherwise, dating is all ambiguous. You have no idea. There is not like this, especially in the beginning, there isn't this sense of true commitment. You're not engaged. You're maybe not even like seriously dating yet. And so you're really in this place of ambiguity completely. So as much as you can communicate about where you're at, like, hey, this was our third day. I'm really enjoying getting to know, getting to know you, and I'd like to continue doing that. How do you feel about that? You know, like okay, yeah. then the person feels so clear. So then that night they're not going home, being like, "Well, are they going to text me tonight? Are they going to text me tomorrow? I wonder if I'll ever see them again." You know, um, it kind well, of illuminates. I think, the thing,
1: and you know this, but I think it takes like everything in life. Like, mm-hmm. and I can't say this enough. Like anything, it takes a relationship with the Lord that mm-hmm. gives you security. Yeah. Cuz without security, that uh, dating anything is going to be a train wreck and I think especially relational stuff. And I think you look at dating and if you don't have a sense of who you are in the Lord, you're already loved, that you're already cherished, that you're already taken care of, then you're, you're going to try to find that in this person. Right. And I right, think right. they will feel that pressure, they will feel that weight, and sadly that's a very unattractive quality I think for people that are quasi healthy. You know, if if you have any sense of sort of like who you are, you're not going to be really drawn to someone who's, you know, going, Hey, I need you to need me so that I can feel valuable. And there's going to be an amount of that. I mean, that's, you know, that's how relationships work. I mean, that's not, that's not what I'm trying to say, but I think that unhealthy version of that where it's, and I think that's, that's what goes wrong in a lot of relationships is it's like, you can really like somebody, but you don't know how to sort of be disciplined about that and know there's a time for that to, mm-hmm. to say that. And then it's either said too early or it's not said in time. And then, you know, and so it's, you know, it's a dance. Like I said, it's really, yeah, it
0: is a dance. But I, but but I, I
1: think I, it's a real sense of security. You know what I mean? Like you have to really, yes. both sides, the guy and the girl, and going, you know, I don't want to tell her too much because then that could scare her off. And I need to trust that God has got this if it's supposed to be. and And she has to do the same. You know, she's got to be. And he had to be really careful about what she told me because, you know, like, um, it's, it's, she doesn't, you know, that's, I don't, she's not my, she's not my wife yet. And so for me to expect information from her is, is, um, unbiblical truthfully. It's not. Yeah.
0: It's It's so so true. Yep. That's so true. Um, okay. I love that. So, let's just like I want to switch it up a little bit and like ask you about some funny things that maybe you are experiencing either maybe things you did or maybe things that you see or hear right now because I think that part of this whole process is to also laugh about like the fact that it is clunky and weird and crazy and um you know like like we have to just make light of it sometimes too so what do you like in your experience now do you see like ridiculous things that people are doing in dating? Like, do you experience any of that or have you even partake well, back in the day about like some weird, crazy things that you've done in dating or see people doing?
1: <laughs> so, so a couple of things. Yeah. One. So, I mean, this is where I sound like I'm 9,000. I'm Methuselah basically on this podcast. Like let me tell you about love back in the forties, you know, uh, <laughs> but like we had a carrier pigeon that would take texts to each other. Um, <laughs> but uh, when Andy and I were dating, this is pretext. This is like the funniest part of, of dating them when cell phones were still kind of in their you know, not beginning, but you know, in sort of the genesis of them, (laughs) you couldn't just plug in your phone and talk on the, in the car. You know what I mean? Right. My, my phone had a, had like a space station unit. You had to put it in and then put it on the desk and it stood the phone up. So I literally would take that in the car and plug it in and talk holding a football. It was huge. Like it took two <laughs> hands to hold. Because I was pl- I was putting a, a desktop mounting charging unit in my car so I could talk to her because we talked so much on this one tour. And oh my, my friend God. was like, something is wrong with you. And I was like, I'm in love. I'm in love.
0: <laughs> you were like, I will so, do whatever you know that, it takes. I literally will do whatever.
1: To to um, the thing that I think is really interesting right now, is, and, and terrifying to me is how, you know, and God, I'm going to sound like my granddad when I say <laughs> this, so forgive me. But you know, like even 15 years ago, 10 years ago, when you were dating, you couldn't do like these background checks.
0: Yeah. True.
1: You know, like, like Facebook was around, but I didn't really know people that used it. And so when someone, you know, like when I met Annie, my wife, um, I just knew she had some friends. And so I was like, Hey, you know, Ann McGee. And they're like, Oh, she's awesome. Why? And I was like, well, you know, we've been going out a couple times and that was it. That was your Facebook. And now, you know, like I talked to friends and they're like, dude, you can do as deep a dive as you want to. like, I mean, you, <laughs> you can, can find, find out everything, out, like, all of everything. it, all of it. Like I am um, a
0: professional Instagram and Facebook stalker. If I want to be, I can like find in two seconds, anything that you might be hiding, <laughs> which is bad. It's insane. Sorry, but there you go. You know, it's just.
1: But, it's- you know, I will say this. I think some of that could be good if, if you find out things you don't want to know. You know what I mean? Like th- there's a good side that right. of going like, oh, this guy looks like a creep. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, yeah, uh, you know, so there isn't way that too can many save you selfies of, of
0: himself. I don't yes. know about yes. that. I'm a little yes. hesitant, yes. you know? <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. Exactly. So, you know, I do laugh about that these days. Cause my, I, I, I mean, I just get so like tickled listening, especially my guy friends that are like, dude, I don't know if I should unfollow her now that we're broken up. And I'm like, what do you mean? And they're like, Like, you know, like I'm seeing her Instagram still. And I don't, is she going to be hurt if I unfollow her? But we did break, I mean, we're girls going, (laughs) well, I I followed him and I know he knows I followed him. So now I don't know what to do because he'll know if I, and I'm like, oh my gracious, this is like, I get a headache.
0: (laughs) Oh my gracious. Lord help us.
1: (laughs) I'm like, or the thing that really makes me laugh. And this really, really, really makes me laugh is the fact that like (laughs) people, You just get busted these days with Instagram, especially with Instagram, because it's like, you know, for a girl, if a guy calls you and he's like, hey, I'd love to take you out on Tuesday night. Like, oh, you know, like, (laughs) sorry. And then you post a video of you at the Bruno Mars concert Tuesday night. And it's like, wait a second. Or even worse, you post like, (laughs) I'm just watching Netflix. And you told me you couldn't do anything. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, You little liar.
0: You are totally lying to me.
1: You know, we didn't have to do any of that thing.
0: Yes. Oh my gosh, it's so true. The whole like uh, sliding into someone's DMs, making conversation. Did He is not texting me, but he's watching my Insta story. This is a real thing. Me and my friends talk about it all the time. Yes. It's like, he's not messaging me yep. back, but I see him active on Instagram. Like he has not messaged me for 24 hours, uh. but I see him on Instagram. He's watching my Insta stories. What's happening? Does he not like me? Is he, He's not see, busy. That's the
1: thing that you know, because you know, you can look at who's watched your stories and see like, oh my gosh, it's Jake. <laughs> Jake is watching my story. Jake, why have you not texted me? And then, you know, the, the, the most heartbroken I ever was in my life, I dated this girl when I was in college and she, I don't know if you remember this, but you had AOL when you had AOL and she had AOL, yes. you could get, you could see when they checked the mail.
0: Oh yeah. Like you'd
1: send an email and it would say like, and you talk about wrecking my little 20 year old heart. I would just be like, I miss you. Oh my gosh. How's life? Cause you know, we met at young life camp, whatever. <laughs> And it was like, I'd send her a message and I'd be like, okay, I go downstairs, eat lunch, come back and up and it's, it's so red. And I'd be like, what? No. It'd be like a day later, still red. (laughs) Two days later, she's still red and not responded to you. And that you, like, so I, I can't I imagine what that would out? be like. These days. Do I
0: say something else? Do I just wait it out? Like, what do you do? Oh, no, that God is, it's gosh. serious. I always also people who have read receipts on their phone. I'm like, don't do that to me because then I know you've seen it and you're just choosing not to respond. I do not put read receipts on my phone because I'm like, Lord knows I read texts that I can't respond to in the moment. And so I just can't do that because then people would be driven Jesus. nuts. <laughs>
1: I'm Sorry. They're either the most confident, uncaring people in the world, or they mean really well and don't, and don't like, you know what I mean? Like I'd be the guy that's like, oh yeah, I should. And then it's like, you know, nope.
0: Distraction. Like life happens. Yeah. Friends, I want to take a quick pause in today's episode to tell you about something I am so excited about. I just want to say that I know the struggle is real with dating in our current culture. It can be murky and confusing and sometimes just so frustrating. Do you ever feel like you have no idea what you're doing? Or that you keep trying and failing? Or that you just don't know how to handle hard situations or conversations with people? Or maybe you just feel stuck in a dating wasteland with no good potentials? Whew, I get it and I have felt a ton of those exact same things. Now a huge issue when it comes to dating is that we don't have a ton of great resources out there for guidance. The Bible doesn't talk about dating because it didn't exist at the time. And now today, about 50% of the church in the US is single and even that number is growing. So the problem is that we need resources. I get it. I get all your frustrating feelings. So I have made it a goal of mine to research and talk to pastors and watch videos and read as many books as I can just so that I can be equipped to do this podcast as well as go into my own dating life with the best and sharpest possible tools. And I have exciting news today. I have compiled all of my favorite dating resources and created a free resource guide for you so you don't have to scour for all the best things to read or watch anymore. It is called The 7 Resources to Change the Dating Game. I truly believe that this guide will help you navigate this journey with clarity and intention. It is going to help you to sharpen the tools in your toolbox and get out there and date amazingly. You can grab this free resource by visiting heartofdating.com forward slash seven resources. That is heartofdating.com forward slash seven resources. I am so excited for you guys to get your hands on this incredible free resource. Okay. What about, okay. I need to ask you this too. So have you ever either in your experience of your life or, like seeing people like really bad break up with someone really poorly (laughs) or like say something that they just really should not, or have you even done it? I mean, I can admit to it. I've done some really poor things in my past, but, um, (laughs) like what, what is your, what are your thoughts on that?
1: I, I feel like I kind of feel, maybe you feel this way. There's kind of no good way to do it, you know? Um, I don't know. A friend of mine used to do, I think he was just always really honest and gentle, but how in the world do you tell somebody that you, (laughs) that you like, I just don't see a future for this or there's just no good way to do it. And so I feel like this sort of quick, clean, (laughs) like it's just not, you know, I had to do it a few times and a couple of times it happened to me, but it's like. There's just no good way to do it. And so I think trying to dress it up as anything more than it is, is always a little bit, I I would think almost more frustrating. Do you know what I mean? Yes,
0: yes, yes. Being Then to just be like, Well, you know what people do too is like people will sometimes blame God. They'll be like, I just, God told me you're not the one, which is the worst thing to say to someone. I'm sorry. Um, Yeah. But I mean, I've gotten that for sure, but we can't, it's not, God is not, you're not blaming God. It's like taking responsibility of like, hey, you know, either taking responsibility for the fact that you realize you're maybe not ready for that kind of commitment or just for the fact that this, you don't think this is the best person to spend your life with and run alongside for the rest of your life. But you have to be real about that. Like, I've really enjoyed getting to know you. Um, and as hard as this is, I really just, I don't picture a life with you because of X reason. And I think right. actually giving a reason, you got to give a reason.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Right. But have you have you ever like heard of some bad breakup stories? Like
1: oh man. I mean, the, the, I feel like that if there's the the uh, the globe is littered with them because because again even the best ones are bad. Yeah. So they're all bad. Mm-hmm. Like it's so. I mean, I I will say this. I had a friend that just got out of a, a long relationship and. And it was really hard and it, it was really hard on he and the girl he dated, but I think it's one of the best versions of that where I think they both had come to the same conclusion. And so, you know, I think there was actually relief on both of them, which yeah. I think that's about as good as it gets is when you kind of, even though it was insanely hard, yeah, I think they both had a sense of like, uh, this, this might've, this might've been a, a longer time coming than we suspected maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's that's about as good as it gets. I think most of the time it's just a train wreck, you know, because you're trying to care for someone well while also delivering this really heavy, hard news and, you know, especially when they don't see it coming. You know what I mean? Like oh, when they're gosh. like- gosh.
0: Yes. Speaking you know. my language. I've, that's definitely happened to me too. But I mean, yeah. and the, the best thing you could do is be loving and honest with the person. And you, like something recently I've been talking about a lot and my friend Mike Foster has been encouraging me with this, but you have to take radical ownership for yourself. So if you are loving and graceful and truthful as we are, we should be, um, then, and you're handling it with, as much grace as you possibly can and care as you possibly can you can't control the person's response you can't control how heartbroken yeah, they sorry. are or what they then think of you if you really and truly believe you handled it the very best you can and we're honest and not we're like my my least favorite answers is i just don't have peace or i god told me you're not the one like those are really hard answers it's like okay you don't have peace okay, have you di- dove into why you don't have peace? Have you sought mentorship and counsel and prayed about it? And like, how have you come to this actual decision? Because one day I may have peace, the other day I may not about certain things because it can be volatile, you know? And so, um, yeah. you know, I may not, I don't have peace be- and I have do- dove into it for X, Y, Z reasons. And that is why, and it's been confirmed. And yes, that's why. So, but you know, you have to really be as truthful and loving as possible, and know that you can't control their action, you can't control their reaction, and it's gonna hurt. So I think people don't want to be truthful to others because they're afraid of how much it'll hurt someone else. Oh um, yeah, and that you know, you you it, breakups hurt. It's there's not really any way around that.
1: <clears throat> yep. Yeah. And I think that's the risk, you know, I mean, I, I, to, to our point, you know, from earlier in the conversation, I think that's what makes it hard to not want to get involved is just cause it's, 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 these things are so easy to get into and so hard to get out of. And so it keeps a lot of people from wanting to get into them at all when you know, like I could potentially really hurt somebody and nobody wants to be that guy. So you end up just either, you know, never really diving in on something you know, it's just, it's tricky. It's tricky. Yeah.
0: Okay. So now that you're married and you and Annie have been married for how long now? Like,
1: uh, 13 years. Oh Wow.
0: Okay. So now that you're married, you're successfully married, you guys have an awesome marriage. What are some things that you know, maybe now in your life or through marriage that you wish you knew at your 27 year old self when you got married or that you would impart to younger men or women who are currently dating that are like, Hey, this is like what it's really like, or this is what I wish I knew that I wish I had implemented or knew, I guess when I was dating.
1: (laughs) I I don't know that you have enough time for what I feel like (laughs) I was, that is such a, that is such a (laughs) wonderful question. Um, and thanks for asking that. I, I I will say a couple of things. I will say a couple of things for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, marriage is, was, was interesting. I, I think I learned this on the other side of, of being married with Annie. Um, you still are who you are, and they are still who they are. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I think I had this idea that like once you got married, because the Lord sort of sees you as one, and you're one person, and you're night, you know, you, you're united now, and that that's how it was. Like everything Annie was responsible for, I was suddenly responsible for, and vice versa. And I think, and it took counseling for me to realize this that like I am still completely autonomous in a lot of ways. Like I'm still Dave Barnes. Mhm, um Annie, though her name has changed, is still Annie Barnes, like we haven't just physically gelled into this superhuman, yeah, um, she <laughs> still has a relationship with the Lord that's her own. Yeah. I have a relationship with the Lord that's my own, we have a relationship with the Lord together, but I think I really misunderstood that, and it really affected a lot about pressure I put on myself, especially but also on annie um and I think you know that that's one of the biggest misnomers I had about marriage was you're still two people, I mean. Yeah. You're gonna do a lot of things separately. You're gonna have a lot of interests that aren't shared. Mm-hmm. Um and I think I just didn't get that. I sort of thought you just sort of like everything was this shared experience. Uh, and if it wasn't, then you weren't doing it right, or you know, uh you could be doing it better. And I think yeah. um it's been so help helpful and healthy for us to give that space where I think I didn't really allow for it for a long time. Mm-hmm. Cause I kinda I felt like everything needed to be this shared experience. And now, and I mean that is the best part of marriage. But I think, you know, just t- for everybody to stay healthy in a marriage, they have to have their space. You know, they have to have their own interests. Yeah. They have to have things that give them life that probably don't do the same for their for their partner. Um
0: being an interesting. And I think person. That, yep.
1: And so I think that's when it's not that different from dating. I think that's when you actually go, you know, you live together, you're you're together most of the time. Um but it's, it's, it's actually oddly a lot like dating in that way. Like you're not going to get married to someone and suddenly feel this completion that only the Lord can give right. that, that that we yes. only experienced yeah. in heaven. Um, you're going to get to share your life with someone. Yeah. Uh, but you're not going to become something else. You're right. still yourself in a new iteration of a relationship. And I think that was a lesson that, um, that really took massive amounts of pressure off me that I put on myself that mm-hmm. I was like, I had to be like super husband and, and all this and realizing like, I mean, not, and I definitely aspire to be, but suddenly realizing like, Oh, it's okay that we disagree on some things that are, you know, and it's okay yeah. that she don't want to go do this or I don't want to go do that. That's okay. Like, right. There's wonderful amounts of space for that in a marriage that I sort of misunderstood. Mm-hmm. Um, so good. I think that's a big one. Um, I think, uh, I think, you know, something that I talk a lot to my single friends about is, and and I have to be careful when I talk about this because it sounds really heavy and it is, but I think something that you, that's hard to understand until you're married is how, um, how significant a decision marriage is, mm-hmm. you know, I think on, on dating and I think in some ways God does this on purpose. I really do. Like he doesn't want us to know the weight of it or we'd never do it, you know, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, because it's just so hard and it's so significant, but. Um, you know, when people are dating, it's so hard as, as, and, I, and I've laughed with married friends about this. When you see one of your friends dating somebody, you're like, this just, I don't think this is a good move. And not just because I don't vibe with the guy or because he <laughs> roots for the opposite sports team or <laughs> he's not into, I mean, but when you really feel like there's a foundational, because as married couples, you've been able to experience the other side of how hard it is to do life with somebody yeah and and when you're like look if you are having these separations as a couple on the safe side of this it only gets worse it mm. does not get better yes. like these things that are hard now they're just going to be amplified because the space goes away, yes. <laughs> you know, like you, you don't
0: people. And, and so I think so true. Like yeah. people think that marriage will be this band-aid of healing of situations and it's not, it's not going to, if, and I always say, you know, with dating non-Christians, with dating someone who maybe isn't fully into Jesus, it's, you know, if he's coming to church with you on occasion, okay, that that's all right. But if they're, if he's not talking to you about God now, he's not going to be talking to you about God when you get married. It doesn't like and, and, switch like that. <laughs>
1: Well, let me tell you this too, and, and, and this is where it gets really heavy, but I think it, it's very true and it's eternal value in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, this is f- for you and for your girlfriends. This is the man who will be the father to your children, mm-hmm. the grandfather to your grandchildren, and he is the family line that you have associated with, with all of its spiritual history With all of its physical emotional history Mm. and you are now aligning with that line and this is a biblical thought i mean spiritual hand-me-downs and and trauma and emotional abuse that is a that is a biblical that you look anywhere in the old testament there's so much about this in the bible that talks about the sins of our fathers and how these things and so the thing that i think with my friends Uh, and especially my girlfriends, like our, 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 the girls that are involved in our lives who are still single that we see, this is significant. Like Mm -hmm. I can't, I can't speak enough about this idea because on the dating side of it, it's like, well, I mean, I know, but he means well, or he'll get back into church or he'll do these things. And I'm like, that's all well and good. But I want to say this one more time. This man will father your children. He will lead or not lead your family and what he brings into this family the sins of his past, his father, his grandfather, his mother's, whatever um, that comes with him. Now, the beautiful thing about the Lord is he can, he can absolutely redeem those things. And I see that that in hundreds of relationships in Nashville, my friends who come from hard relationships, that God is absolutely rebooting the spiritual health of a family. It is incredible,
0: incredible
1: to watch, incredible to watch. But that takes two very dedicated, Holy Spirit filled people to do. Oh yeah, and 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 I just don't think people understand the weight of a decision when you're dating somebody, Mm -hmm. and especially how dating only ends one of two ways: you break up or you get married. (laughs) And I think when people don't think about that long enough, and they date the guy a little longer, and then or the girls, well, you know, but and then they kind of move in, and all of a sudden, and you're like. And, and, you know, so I'll say this and and this is the end of my soapbox rant, but (laughs) I really feel strongly about this. I Mm -hmm. I feel like in dating, in the beginning of dating, it's the only time that you get to be selfish and it works out well, Mm. uh, kind of in life. Because I think when you, let's say that you meet a guy, you're attracted to him. You love his vibe. He's a cool dude. He's a believer, right? Yeah. My encouragement, and I think the encouragement has to be, you need to be really selfish over the next three months with this guy. Mm. Meaning, does he make you happy? Do you like to be with him? Are you attracted to him? Mm -hmm. Does he say things that you find engaging? Like... This is very self-centric work you have to do yeah. because the minute that you become too benevolent, you get in real trouble in the beginning of a relationship Yeah, because the minute you start trying to take care of somebody else or think too much of him, you're, you're in bad, bad trouble mm. because you can only progress in a relationship when he has ticked the boxes you need ticked. And that's a very selfish thing. But if he's doing the same thing, this is the irony, it actually works out. Mm. that's the irony of the whole thing is if he's on his side going, okay, I think she's cute. Uh, we have a great time together. She makes me laugh. She makes me uh, a better person. She makes me these things. Those are very self-centric thoughts. Yeah. But the irony is if you're doing that too, you come together and you're both happy and then you turn and then you get married and God flips the paradigm. Yeah. You know, and so I think I think that's that's the that's the last piece of that dating puzzle that's so profound in me is I see so many people get in trouble when they go, "Well, I don't know, but gosh, she's so great, and I really want to guard her heart and I want to make sure and I'm like, that's not your job mm. like that's the wrong angle. Yeah. You need to take care of you right now because mm. I promise you if she if if you actually check all the boxes in a selfish way and she does too, then you actually have something going on. Then yeah. it's wonderful, mm. but you know, if if both of you are checking the opposites boxes, you're it's just gonna be it's gonna be a bad scene. And I think in Christendom, a lot of people get in trouble for that because they think that that's the spiritual godly thing to do is to be selfless, you know. And and yes, mm. you need to be. You need to be kind. You need to consider them and care for yeah. them. But oddly yeah. enough, you kind of have to think of yourself first in that little weird season of life.
0: You know what's so interesting too, because I love that you bring up what I have been saying lately is that. Dating is a means to evaluate. It's a means to evaluate whether or not, like I say this, this is my weird definition of dating, but dating is a means to evaluate whether or not another person is a suitable spouse for you to join forces with for the Kingdom for the rest of your life. <laughs> like, right. this right. is an evaluation right. person, period, right? Like, right. don't force anything. Be clear on what's important to you. And I try to encourage people to, like, your list cannot be like 50 things long. Like, it can't be like, okay, well, they have to like <laughs> going to Disneyland and they have to do this and they have to have that and that. Cause then what happens is we don't date at all, you know? And so there's a right. balance of like, okay, know what's really important to you and know you know, what are those main characteristics? I ask people sometimes, I'm like, well, what are you looking for in someone? And there, you'd be shocked to know how many people look back and are like, I don't know. I haven't really thought yeah. about it. I'm like, oh, yeah. okay, well, that is the problem, right? So
1: yeah, you, right, need, right. you need
0: to one, know yourself and know what... You know, and you cause sometimes you figure that out in dating, some of that you figure out some of your needs. And I've learned so much just by my dating process of okay, these are the things, this is how I communicate, this is how I react in these kinds of situations. This is probably not gonna be the best fit for me, someone who communicates this specific way, right? Um yeah. and you learn some of that, but you gotta know what's what are your needs. And then what are you looking for in the character of someone else? Like what is yeah. truly, and, and analyze those first few months, that especially the first three months of like, this is that time. You're kind of looking at a microscope. It doesn't mean that everything in their life has to be purple, perfect crystal clear, right? Because
1: right. like you
0: said, there's the journey of, God can redeem past, but are they on fire for changing that? Are they constantly right. seeking that change and growth? And I think that is like looking at the status of their heart of it's not because you're telling them you see these things in a problem with them and then they're going to fix it. It's because they're really, truly that's, they've recognized it and they're after it, seeking that change. Right. Um, yeah. But yep. you're evaluating. And I do believe, yeah, like there's that balance of you have to be a little bit selfish. You have to, cause we try to fit too many, square pegs, round hole kind of situation. Um, and at the end of the day, it's a choice. You can cho- choose to marry that person. Maybe it's a really, like, it's a square peg, round hole, right? And it could be really difficult. And that's going to be your choice. But do you want to live in a frustrated marriage for the rest of your life? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or do you want yep. to be with someone who has amazing character that you also have chemistry with, that you can partner with and run alongside of? And actually, that's like, exactly being around, right. you know, like... Yeah, that to your point, it's hard. Like sometimes I have a, a you know an eccentric, very peppy personality, probably similar to you in ways, Dave. Like I there are people I've dated. I'm just like I'm just kind of bored. We just don't we don't have any sort yeah. of fun together. I just cannot yep. see this person be my best friend. <laughs> you
1: know? yeah. like I yep. don't want
0: to text that person and be like, oh my gosh, isn't this hilarious? Or a weird video of me doing a like singing along to Celine Dion or something and have them be like, Cool, you know, <laughs> like "Oh uh, yeah. Mm, cool. cool. Yeah. Where
1: are we eating tonight? It like, <laughs> oh great. Be so, and you know too, I think I think to your point, the the spiritual interior life of someone uh, is, is to, just to reiterate that it is, it really is such a big deal. Um, and I think knowing there is nothing that gives me more peace in my marriage that, mm-hmm. that my wife loves the Lord. Yeah. That's it. Cause there are nights where she doesn't love me and I don't love her. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the last thing I want to do is get in bed and sleep beside someone I'm so frustrated with and vice versa. Yeah. Uh but you know what keeps us together is a belief in something much bigger than us. In mm-hmm. a belief that that God has put us together, in a belief that she is good for me, that these things God is using to sanctify me, mm-hmm. to make me more like himself. And if I didn't believe that, that's that's trouble. That yeah. is that then you're going to start making decisions that that are bad decisions. And I think knowing that Annie loves the Lord more than she loves me and that ultimately no matter what happens with us, she believes in God's providence, um, mm-hmm. is, is, is huge, you know? And I think, uh, I think that's to your point, just to encourage you. And, and, and I think you're right. Like, I think that's why when you're thinking about people and who you want to be with, you know, making sure that someone is already doing that work, that, um, mm-hmm. that you're not the catalyst for, you know, a change, obviously. A change I mean, we'll line, always yeah. be in relationships and Annie is that for me all the time, but not real change, not mm-hmm. like where the Lord is either in your life or not in your life, you know, but, but, yeah. but that's already established in something that, you know, you're going to be able to, 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 um, encourage, but not, you're not going to be the foundation for that.
0: Right, you know? right, right. Yeah, like you know that when they have a problem, they're going to the Lord first. And they're going to, that's where they go first. They're not looking and leaning on you to fix all their problems and needs, which I've stepped into that gap in past relationships. One, because I thought it was like, oh, I like it. It kind of fills my ego. But, and then then it becomes really unhealthy codependency. Then you get like, okay, (laughs) um, now we're in a codependent (laughs) relationship and now I can't get out of it. Um,
1: (laughs) Right, right, um, right. Because
0: I'm too tight. We're both too tied into it. But, um, and what I love that you just said too is that, It's to know, like, because there's that place of it is an evaluation process and then also That commitment, Like once you have evaluated to a certain point, you have to make the decision of, am I committing to this person? Knowing that there's going to be a lot of struggle, that there's probably going to be a lot of crap that hits the fan. And like, especially like marriage doesn't solve that. Marriage doesn't solve your problems. There's going to be a lot more things. You think that it's hard now when you get to see the person a few times a week and you don't have to live in the same house. Like, just wait. So you have to combine those lifestyles. Someone's in your bed. You have to share the bathroom, which always could be a point of contention, surely. Um, and okay. all these things. I'm not speaking from experience, but I just have imagined it enough to be like, oh, yeah, that's not as easy as everyone thinks it is. Like know oh, yeah. that just because things come up too doesn't mean that um, you should give up and walk out and run away. So there's that balance of, okay, what it, am I committing to this person? And will I, you know, pursue this no matter what the cost, even if there's hard things that come up?
1: Right. Right. Yeah.
0: And that, that sometimes is lost too in our day and age of just dating in general because I think that we're just so – we're like, oh, quick fix. Let's get away from this because it's not fulfilling all my needs anymore. <laughs> so I right. think there's like a right. balance to what we're saying is all, you know. Right. So people, yep. be more discerning in your process of evaluating, kind of selfish in the beginning. Know truly what you're looking for, right? So like know what those things are. If you don't already know them, write them down. Like that – I mean it's really – You got to know and be able to articulate what you're looking for. If you don't have the language for that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you're right. You're right. Sorry, didn't mean to interrupt. You you know what I was going to say too? I was thinking about this when you were talking about this earlier. I I think too, um, the other, I think, sort of interesting uh, tricky line to walk in dating is this thing of exactly what you said, having some sense of like, I tend to be drawn more to this kind of person um, in a good way. Like I like guys that are... More chill because I'm high strung or or mm-hmm. you know, whatever those are, like having some kind of a list. But but I'll tell you what I've found to be true a lot of the time. Um, while having your standards high, while having some sense of what at least isn't good for you, right? right. Like what are the tendencies I have that are just always a bad idea, right? Yeah. <laughs> um I have found so many times that the Lord from myself and my friends surprises you, you know, it's not that I didn't think I'd be with somebody like Annie, but she has got so many qualities that I probably wouldn't have put on a piece of paper because I didn't know myself. I didn't know what I needed. Um, I didn't know how life giving and sanctifying certain qualities were Mm -hmm. that, that, cause you know, it's, it's like Tom Nelson said, I mean, years ago in his, in his song of Solomon series, you know, when you're dating somebody and especially when you marry somebody, you're giving someone a loaded gun, (laughs) putting their hand to your temple and putting their finger on the trigger and just trusting they never pulled the trigger mm, or, you know, yeah. and, and, and I think, you know, that's a heavy way to say it, but I think the truth is <laughs> really? like, there's just a lot of things we don't know. There's so much we don't know. And I think keeping an open mind yes. that when you meet someone that may be a little different from what you had, you know, like yes. I like this kind of guy and he's, yes. or I like this kind of girl and suddenly going, but man, I, love spending time with this person and they're so fascinating and they're encouraging in ways that I didn't really suspect or they're challenging in ways I didn't suspect right um i think that's a really that's a really hard discipline to have in dating too is kind of trying to walk a fine line of like knowing what you tend to appreciate things you like in your friends that you, you would like to find somebody with, but also being open to the fact that God knows you better than you do. Right. Um, Make the space. And then for he God. may put somebody in your path. Yeah. Then he may put somebody in your path you like, I just I mean, how many times have you heard somebody say, I, I would have never thought I would be with a guy like this and now it's the best thing, a girl like this, whatever. Yes. Um, you know, and so I think that's that's a fine yeah. line too is is to do your due diligence. I mean, you know, while we're while you're waiting for the Lord to provide this person to do the work, you know, like know yourself, try to, try to understand your tendencies and things, but also be open to the fact that God may drop smile in your life to you. Like I, nine out of 10, if I'd have met this guy at times, I would have been like, no, it's not my type, mm, but this guy is, so you know, agree. like he's, this is the dude.
0: Yeah. And that's, a, it's so amazing because we have to have some sort of an idea of like the character qualities. And I, it, usually my list for people is like pick five things that are character qualities. Cause like, the person can be different in other ways, but the character is still really important. But like, so get five like top character qualities. One, love Jesus. Two, servant hearted. Three, uh, teachable and wants to grow. Like those are three of mine, for example, but you know, those character qualities and then let God surprise you in the rest. Like, does he have tattoos or not? I don't care. Like, is he a finance guy or an actor? It's, you know, or same for women or guys looking for women, but like those other things, is he an introvert or extrovert? You could be surprised totally by somebody that might compliment you in a way that you didn't think. Like I am a total extrovert, but I have dated introverts and it's been such an amazing experience to say, Oh, well that helps me also not overextend myself and actually value right. the time of rest and being at home and kind of also separating and creating better boundaries in my life. And so right. there are so and so don't have such a strong list that you're eliminating God from the process. Um yeah. because
1: you know another one I would add that yeah. I think is really important. This is this is one of the this is one of the other Maybe the last thing I need to say on this podcast, but I think, um, I have, do you like the soapbox that I've just sort of perched yes, myself on? Yes, this is great.
0: This is no, preaching. But, but I,
1: I, think, I think the other thing too is friends, if you can date someone who has friends and like real friends, mm. you will avoid so much heartache mm. because anybody, even if it doesn't work out. There is something to someone who is living in real community. And I don't mean like, oh, he's got a bunch of friends and they're cool. I mean, people that know this person, that know them, yeah. like really know them, True. that they are accountable to, that they are in community with, that they are, are telling the truth to, um, it will save you and that person so much heartache. Ooh, um, yes. Because, you know, you don't ha- like. It is. It's a fail-proof method. I mean, you you find a believer. If you start dating a guy, the guy starts asking you out, and you realize like he's he either lives with a couple guys or he's got guys that he is in Bible study with, and that they really know him. He is going to act very different than if he's a lone wolf one. Yeah. But two, you you have this feeling. That's something Annie talked about, and thankfully I enjoyed in our dating relationship. Is it? Yeah. She, I had I and have really great guy friends, and she felt. So protected by that, yeah. She knew I wasn't going to get away with a bunch of dumb stuff. She knew I was going to have to act like a man. I knew that she was known. I knew that her friends uh, cared about her and were helping her and thinking about her. And so it was just such a wonderful thing. And I've seen that come to so many people's benefit, or yeah. to be, be to so many people's benefit when they have friends. Because you, I mean, you know, I mean, and, you know what that's like, and, and not you start dating like this
0: surface. Kind of- Level friendships. And we're talking about like, I mean, not to use Christianese, but like covenant friendships. Friendships where you're actually like keeping accountable, sharing your life. So I just had a friend conversation this week with a girl where I was like, girl, let's do discipleship. You and I, let's start next week, meet in the mornings, and we're going to talk through encouragement and confession. And we're going to pour into each other's life and just be real accountable. And I have a few other friends like that. But you, I mean, it's not just about meeting up with people and having the surface level talk. It's like getting into um, actually the bone and then the the bone marrow, like to the heart of the issues with people, and like so that people know you, so you're actually known. Are your friend? Do your friends actually know you? You know? Yeah. And so,
1: and and, I mean, those those things. If you want to know what's going to keep you out of trouble, I mean, have have somebody that that is going to call you the next morning after a date. Yeah. And go, hey, so did anything happen? Well, yeah, no, 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 no. Like, did Did you stay? Did she stay? How long was she there? When did you drop her off? Like what happened? And let me tell you, that's going to keep you, (laughs) that's going to keep that thing real clean.
0: Yes. Um,
1: You know what I mean? Like even just that kind of stuff or, or them going, what'd y'all talk about? And you go, well, and they're like, Dave, you no, you can't do that. Like, I know you mean, well, that's, don't do that again. That's too early for that. Or, you know what I mean? Just any of that stuff. Or they know you, they know like, what's your little charm? What are you trying to pull off? And I think like, it just, it just, it just, it's such a better way to do it. And I think, you know, as as people, you know, look at potential uh, mates, whatever, their community is a big deal. And I think you got to be careful of people that are great, but are lone wolves that may be the squeaky cleanest, most amazing people in the world, but they don't have friends. Like that's, that's,
0: and I've said this to, someone else said this on the podcast, but make sure that there's someone that can vouch for that person. Like, cause so people meet on dating apps and such. And I'm like, I don't say you can't do that. You can, but if you're doing it that way, then you have to find somebody who could vouch for that person. You can go on one date, but then you want to get around their friends. You want to hang out in a group and get around the people that can vouch for that person since you don't know them at all. Um, And that's really, really, really so vital. Um, because anybody can be charming for like I say up to ninety days, and then the real stuff yep. comes out. <laughs> it's like, Yeah, oh, that's exactly right. Okay, yeah, but if you are in community with them, if you see what kind of friends they have, if you're talking to their friends about them, um, and just saying, you know, you're getting the confirmation in one way or the other, or maybe they're revealing some things that person's actively working on. That's great too. You know that that person's keeping it accountable to those friends, and that they're continually challenging them. Um. Yeah, you, we need that. Like, I, I have that. I had a friend, my roommate last week, um, she was like, Kate, you know, I think sometimes <laughs> some of the guys that approach you, you may get excited about it right away because you might just like the attention. So just something to mm-hmm. think about. And I was like, oh, oh my gosh.
1: Like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I get a little blinded by the affirmation and the attention that may be, you know, taking me away from actually seeing, well, who is this guy really? Because
1: yep. So yep.
0: it's just having people that call you out and say, okay let me get the back to center here and okay yeah that is flattering but what's can i see the heart of the person really without all yeah. the the beautiful yeah. information so just as an example yeah we need that and i have that and you know rightfully i'm not a perfect dater but we all need to be like have people who will put us in check that we can be honest and real with Yeah. So good. Okay, Dave, you're awesome. This is like Soapbox Dave episode. This is amazing. Dave Bards preacher style. (laughs) Who knew? Who knew? I'm like, are we going to have a comedy episode or are we going to have a preacher style? This has been amazing.
1: Oh, my gosh. I don't know if that's right, but whatever.
0: (laughs) No, this is awesome. Okay, so I asked everyone. You kind of answered it. uh, but. I always ask the same question at the end, like any final, just small nugget of like d- this or that dating advice that you have for the listeners?
1: <laughs> no, you know, I, f- I really feel like we covered a lot of it. <laughs> we covered all of it. You know?
0: We're like, we went all the grounds, I feel like. We did
1: uh, yeah, initial ass
0: out, initiation. We did breakup. We did how to discern. Like, I mean, this, who even needs a Heart of Dating podcast after this? I'm just kidding.
1: Exactly, yeah, that's exactly right.
0: <laughs> just like this is the last episode, people. Just kidding, just kidding, everyone. Um, anyway, Dave, this is so awesome. I'm so grateful to just have you on today.
1: <laughs> well, thanks for having me.
0: It's been so much fun. We're gonna have to hang out in real wow. life when I come to Nashville next year.
1: I know. Are you here much?
0: I'm not, but I'm planning a trip. I think early in 2019.
1: Oh, that's awesome.
0: Yeah, we're gonna hang out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so do you do you end up traveling much for your work?
0: Uh, sometimes, but not really. Not a ton okay. right now. So I love traveling, but thankfully being in LA, there's a lot here. So yep. a lot of people, yep. a lot of things I can do here in the city. So don't travel as much as I wish I could sometimes.
1: <laughs> yeah. Are you from there?
0: No, I grew up. Oh my gosh. I grew up in Connecticut, lived in Texas for over Whoa. the last 10 years. Well, my family's been in Texas for 10 years now. Then I was in New York. Now I'm in LA. Kind of all oh, okay. over the place. Okay. <laughs> yeah.
1: That's wow.
0: All right, Dave, this has been so fun. Thank you. Thank you so much for just sharing all your heart and wisdom.
1: Well, thanks for having me on.
0: <laughs> the best. And everyone, okay, where, if people want to connect with you, find the last thing, where can they find you, listen to your music, all the things, tell them how to connect with you.
1: Yeah, it's just uh, Dave Barnes Music. That's, that's on Twitter, on Instagram. It's all there.
0: And you were pretty hilarious. So if everyone, go listen to his music listen to his wisdom but also he's freaking hilarious too so
1: you said it not me that's weird if i say that
0: no no it's not all right dave thanks so much Wowza, thank you Dave for all your wisdom and insight. You are truly epic. Y'all, that was such a fun conversation. I love so much of what Dave had to say, but one thing I really, really love that he said was how you have to be your own person outside of the relationship, even in marriage. Though you may become one in marriage, you still need to be a full person separately. He said specifically, you are still who you are and they are still who they are. I do honestly believe too much of dating today encourages us to fill a void within our relationships or to find something in someone else that we're missing. Or we get into relationships and we completely lose our sense of self. We give up on the things we did before or the things we liked, or we even stop spending time with close friends and community. And I think that all of that does us a disservice. It's a reality check for you. Are you guilty of doing those things? Be real with yourself. You don't want to end up making a bad decision. Don't do it, friends. Just don't. I cannot be more thankful for your support of the Heart of Dating podcast. I am blown away by your rankings, reviews, messages, all of it. If you want to be a part of our inner circle and support what we are doing, we encourage you to pledge any dollar amount that you want on our Patreon page at patreon.com slash heartofdating. Also, if you like this podcast, would you please consider giving us a review? It helps us immensely, and we could not thank you more. Until next time, friends.